Hey, you guys, this is Matt McCoy with Loop Community. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been to a worship conference where you leave just feeling like you never really learned anything practical that you could take home and implement right away at your church? I know I've felt that way. Well, the good news is that there's a new worship conference called the Worship Innovators Conference, and it's taking place June 8 and 9 in Chicago, my hometown. And what's cool about this conference is that it's going to be led and taught by the leading worship resource companies today. So companies like Onsong, Worship Tutorials, Planning Center, Praise Charts, Churchfront, Sunday Sounds, Worship Leaders Collective, Worship Fails, the Instagram account's going to be there, it's going to be fun. Loop Community, I'll be there. This conference is going to be run and taught by all these companies. And we're going to teach you ways how to implement technology in your church service. You do not want to miss this conference. Make sure you sign up yourself and your team and a worship leader friend. We hope to see you there. Sign up at worshipinnovators.com. They don't even care about me. I mean, I'm on the stage and the lights are on me, but they're like reading the words on the screen, singing along and and having their encounter with God. So I think there's definitely an element of it where it's like sometimes just by nature of when you are performing something, you're going to just tend to think more about yourself and think you're a bigger deal than you are. Welcome back to the Loop Community Podcast. Today we have an interview with Jake Gosselin. He's the founder of Churchfront and Churchfront is an awesome website that has tons of training for worship leaders. Their goal is to help you lead gospel-centered and tech-savvy worship. And Jake has a heart for worship leaders and just helping you use everything from Ableton Live to in-ear monitors and just giving you tips on how to do it and helping it be smooth in your worship services. So make sure to check out churchfront.com. And today, Matt McCoy is going to interview Jake on the differences between performing and leading worship. Now, this is a sensitive topic for a lot of people because over the years, worship leading has become much more about performance. We want to look cool. We want to sound good. There's a lot more technology involved, and there's a struggle that goes with it. So they're going to be talking about that and also how to not make worship just about you. So get ready for our interview with Jake Goslin. What's up, Jake? Welcome to the Luke Kennedy Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Really appreciate it. Hey, man. We've become good friends over the past year or so. And uh, you were actually just out here in Chicago, which was fun. We did some videos together. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Jake Goslin uh, runs Churchfront. You've probably seen it on Facebook or Instagram. Tons of just great training and resources for worship leaders. Uh, specifically, just like very practical training on how to do church sound, like church gear, leading worship, picking songs, I mean, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you check out Churchfront. But Jake, I want to talk with you for like 30 minutes about worship leading versus performing, because I feel like there's such an interesting thing going on now. Like when I first started leading worship, I don't know about you, but when I first started leading like 20 years ago, worship leading was not cool at all. And like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there was nothing flashy about it at all. I mean, it was just like we didn't have hardly any lights on stage, maybe just a can light. And like there just wasn't like production at all. It was just like get up, plug in your acoustic guitar, sing some songs. And I feel like there's like a whole thing now where like worship leading has become a job. Worship leading like technology has gotten so much better. And that's all a good thing. Like it's really good that like music has gotten better. Technology's gotten better. But there's also like this weird line that I think worship leaders are balancing between like 
actually leading your people in worship versus like performing songs well. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a weird balance because of course we want to like do things with excellence, but we also don't want to make it just about the performance. And I would just be curious, um, like why do you think worship leaders struggle with performing versus leading worship? I think this is a really great question and a really important tension that we should be thinking about and 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 just really having I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation and it's funny you mentioned kind of 20 years ago when you started out worship ministry uh, wasn't so cool and for me it was uh, cuz I'm just not as old as you Matt <laughs> <laughs> for me it was uh, about 12 years ago now or something like that it would have been 2000 Six two thousand seven. This was the era of Hillsong United's one of the one of their like my favorite albums, the one that had like Hosanna on it, Lead Me to the Cross, oh, and yeah. Break Free. And I I feel like that was maybe and maybe I was kind of coming of age because I was like sixteen seventeen during this time. That was when I was discovering that I wanted to go into worship ministry, and there definitely was a coolness factor to it, right? When you think about, okay, I was a 16-year-old, 17-year-old time learning how to play guitar. I was in a garage band with my friends. So we were, I mean, we love music, but we, of course, we were doing it because we, we thought it was cool as well. And it made us look cool in front of the other, all of our friends yeah. uh, back in the day. But then at the same time, you know, I went to this conference and then I felt convicted that I want to really just intentionally um, serve serve God through my life in, in worship ministry. And that's kind of how I ended up kind of where I am today and uh, why I pursued that route. And there is that tension. And let's talk about some of the different factors. It's kind of there's the practical factors of, okay, yeah, we are expected to prepare music, to sing, to play our instrument every single uh, Sunday for a worship gathering. And usually that entails us getting on a platform, being elevated in a room, having lights shining on us. Yeah. So in a sense, we're kind of like one of the central areas of attention. And it definitely, there's a lot of aspects of modern day worship ministry that that models modern day culture uh, when it comes to just entertainment venues that we're used to, right? Whether yeah, it's right. a rock concert. And I think there's, there's pros and cons to that. The pros are that I think we're making worship ministry relatable, kind of like worshiping God in the vernacular of the people, um, as opposed to, I think, some some higher church settings, which are still great. I, I just don't think they can—it's just not my preference and style and stuff, right? But yeah. we usually don't have that, like, performance concern with them, even though I think you can have that performance concern uh, with even liturgical traditions as well. But all that said, that tension exists because of, of that just practical fact that we are being put on a platform and we are expected to to lead yeah. the people. Right. So here's where the, the awkward tension comes in is that as leaders who want to lead in such a way that that models biblical principles, um, we want to make sure that what we're doing on Sunday morning is not just an entertainment thing. Like the, the congregation isn't coming there to be entertained by our music. Um, instead, they're they're there to be to be led, you know, into the presence of God and to hear the gospel narrative every single Sunday through the songs they sing, and then hear God's word uh, read and preached, and then and also you know experience communion with God uh, through the sacraments. Um, so that it's not entertainment, but like in a lot of ways, a lot of the forms of of how we're doing this, it kind of it does look like entertainment from what when you can kind of compare it to the 
yeah. what we see in the world and, and for strictly entertainment venues. So I'll admit there is an awkward tension there, but I think that just requires us as worship leaders to kind of step it up in, in terms of how are we intentionally framing the worship gathering for our congregation so that they know this is not an entertainment event or a passive consumer event, but they're supposed to be active and participating. And really, I think it's a, a retelling, again, of that gospel story so that it's a formative event, yeah. that that worship gatherings have more to do with, or, or they're more like people's exercise routine that they're yeah. going through to, to make them a better person, more in, uh, better yeah. in shape person than it is you know, going to the local AMC or something like that, or to the local club to watch a show. So those are some of the tensions there. And the other piece of it too, when I think about this is like, you know, we do have passages in the Bible where, you know, God's people, especially if you look at the minor prophets, like the book of Amos is a good one where God's people, they knew how to perform when it came to worship. They knew how to um, say all the right things, sing all the right things, do all the right things, but their hearts didn't match up with what worship was actually about. And that's when God gets really upset with what's going on. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, he despises our worship that's like that. Because, you know, if there's not justice and mercy and just the the, the living or the lifestyle to match up with what we do on Sunday, then yeah, it's, it's pointless. Yeah. It's meaningless. It's shallow. Um, and that's what we want to avoid. And, and that's the tension is I think you know, we, we want to make sure we're doing a good job. Like you said, we're, we're, we're leading worship uh, to the best of our ability, but we're afraid. It's like, oh, is it then just going to become about the performance aspect of it? You know, and that's where I think people get start getting concerned about this. So yeah. hopefully some of those factors so far, I've, I have a few more ideas. Too, yeah. But what, what are your thoughts well, so far? Because I just kind of rambled on for five minutes for you. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. I mean, I just, I'm glad that we're having this conversation just because I think it's a good thing. It's an important thing to talk about. One thing that concerns me that I've seen is what happens when a worship leader isn't performing. And what I mean by that is, you know, like it or not, I feel like there's worship guys who are given special treatment, being promoted in churches, you know, given all the, you know, given the spot on the album, given the spot on the tours, given a spot on, you know, whatever, on the main stage, just because they have a good voice or because they're a good guitar player or whatever. And they may not even have like any sort of pastoral leading ability. <laughs> and the people who are getting overlooked are maybe people that have the pastoral leading ability. And so maybe churches are like putting this emphasis on the people who are just performing well, like the ta who has the talent versus who has maybe maybe as a B player, but a really good worship leader in that like they're pastoral in how they lead worship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yep. afraid that we're getting we're having stages filled with people who like can really play awesome and play great, but have zero depth to them. And what happens like like the pressure for a worship leader at a church who feels like, man, I need to really be performing well to keep my job. Otherwise, I'm going to get replaced with some like 19-year-old worship leader. Yeah, and I, I think this is a something that we, we definitely notice. Like, and I think a lot of churches are um, starting to actually find like, oh, at least when I, a few years ago, especially when I was like looking for a, a worship leading position and stuff like that, I actually notice a lot of churches now, and I don't know if this is like a, a sweeping trend, but they are seeking out folks who, who can uh, really take on that pastoral role as a worship leader instead of just being the most phenomenal vocalist in the world or phenomenal 
guitarists in the world. So right. I, I think there's kind of both. Some, yeah. It kind of depends on the church and the context. But I agree. There's definitely uh, definitely that tension there. And in terms of like, what can we do though, like to to kind of deal with this, like the pressure of performing if you're a worship leader. Here, here are a couple of my thoughts. First, remember that you're not as big of a deal as as you think you are, right? Like, yeah. I think we I, take I think ourselves way too seriously sometimes. Yeah, I think I I notice this because obviously I lead worship every single Sunday, and that's like all I'm thinking about and getting the songs right, getting the the tech stuff right, and then the service happens, and then you know that's all I'm like focusing on or stressing about. Whereas the rest of the congregation, everybody who shows up to church on Sunday, yeah, like they're engaged, they're singing songs, but like. They, they don't care. They're like half of them. They don't even care about me. I mean, I'm on the stage and the lights are on me, but they're like reading the words on the screen, singing along and, and having their encounter with God. So I think there's definitely an element of it where it's like sometimes just by nature of when you're when you are performing something or, or doing a task like this, you're going to just think about yourself the whole time and uh, or tend to think more about yourself and think you're a bigger deal than you are. So, yeah, I, hopefully that hopefully that's it's a little bit uh It'll be humbling, but also take some pressure off of you. Like you're not that big of a deal, but at the same time, you are a big deal. And it's important if you, to, if you like, you don't want this like pressure to me, the pressure comes with just not actually putting in the work ahead of time um, to develop the skills I need to develop so that I'm confident in them. And then also practice the songs uh, that we're singing or leading um, so that I'm confident on Sunday morning. I'm not stressing about those things. I don't feel that pressure and that I'm competent in other areas too with worship ministry, yeah. like the, the technology side. So that's the thing too, is like it, to an extent, it's like, okay, this is a, not an entertainment performance, but this is a performance in the um, sense that you need to execute this task and you need to do it well. This is the task of leading God's body in a, a corporate worship gathering and they need a leader. Like it's not really going to be super effective if everybody just shows up to Sunday and they just kind of look around and be like, hey, what do we do now? Like that's why we have leaders. That's why God has given the church leaders. So we have that important task that we have to uh, perform and execute well. And I, I think what's kind of funny about this debate too sometimes is often when they're kind of giving me a rebuttal, okay, I'm in the world of like, I'm trying to help equip worship leaders and ministries, help them lead in a more excellent way, right? That's like a lot of my pitch. When I want to help worship leaders, it's usually just helping them make their band sound better, eliminate distracting mistakes and stuff like that. And I, I see it all the time in YouTube comments and Facebook comments or stuff like that. People are like, but worship isn't a performance. Like we're just supposed to worship God and it's all about this spirit and this and that. And it's like, they kind of have their holier than thou rebuttal to this idea of like, oh, we actually should be performing with excellence. And that's what kind of irks me about this uh, debate sometimes, at least the folks on the perspective of like, we shouldn't worry about performance at all, um, is to me, that's kind of this, what I call like a sanctified laziness or something like that. Like just because we're in the church and this is like a church activity, it's related to worship and spiritual things or whatever, it means we can be really lazy about it. And I, I don't know where that assumption came from. And it just really irks me because like at the very beginning of the, the Bible, in, in the Genesis account, like you have God creating the heavens and earth and 
at the end of it, like that's when the writer of the book of Genesis says, you know, tells us how God made man in his own image. And, and the whole idea of that is like we are supposed to be co-creators with God and we are supposed to be doing things, taking these raw elements of the world that we have, such as you know, the metal that makes up the strings on our guitar or the wood or the things that make up of our, our computers or even airwaves and make something better out of them and make it really good so that we we can say what God said after he was done creation, like it was good. And like we can say the same thing about anything we create or any creative artistic thing we do. We want to look back at and say like, man, that's good. So to me, I think there's a very, very strong biblical theological case case for if we're doing any creative act or anything like that and it's obviously not hard to see how worship leading is a very creative act it's also a leadership act like it has to be done with with utmost excellence yeah um and and it, it we should be excited about that and and not just think that because this is a spiritual event or thing then we can just be really sloppy and lazy about it totally man I think that worship leaders are afraid of bringing attention to themselves and like equate that to like, oh, that's performing or I'm making it about me or, or like that performance would be bringing attention to themselves and like somehow like completely distracting people from God, which I think is almost just like making a bigger deal out of ourselves than totally than is necessary. I was actually going to play devil's advocate and ask like, you know, we're kind of using the word performance as a negative word. But is there a place that this is actually a positive thing? And I think you kind of nailed that with that. Like, we need to be, like, striving for excellence. I think I know your answer, but you don't think we're performance and worship is wrong? Yeah, so it really depends on on the flavor of your definition of, of performance. And I think the emphasis for us as worship leaders, and here's here's what I like to use when it comes to, you know, my, my job as a worship leader. And instead of using the word performance in an entertainment sense, um, I like to use the word performance in two, two senses. Because number one, if you look at the dictionary definition of this word, to perform something means simply to carry out or accomplish something, um, or to present something to an audience. So for us, we are just carrying out this task of leading the congregation, corporate worship, through songs, through liturgies, through prayers, through readings, or, or whatever it is. And um, and then we're also presenting, we should be helping present the gospel message to our congregation. So we are performing those things in a sense, but we are not performing strictly for in entertainment purposes. And that's the the version, the flavor of performing that I think we should try to avoid as much as we can. But sometimes, too, I want to make a distinction between are we entertaining or are we trying to captivate the audience in such a way that the congregation is able to actually focus their attention in the right place when they're at church. Um, and, and I just like the word captivate a lot better because I think that works. It just makes more sense strategically for what we're trying to do during a worship service. We're trying to bring their the attention of their hearts, their minds, their whole being toward God. Like yep. that's what worship is, is trying to realign our whole being towards God. And yeah, we're going to use things like music, lighting, sound, visuals, all the technology we have today, like we're doing that to captivate the attention of our congregation and help steer all their desires, their hopes, their dreams uh, towards the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And and that's what I, I think that all these tools that we use are are basically just tools that to help us direct the congregation's attention towards the kingdom of God. That's why I like the word captivate more uh, versus then like entertainment. Because yeah, because entertainment just denotes like passive consumption. Um, whereas that's not really 
an effective way at all to try to make make disciples uh, through a worship gathering. Right. I was thinking that it'd be so interesting to like know. I wish that like what a worship leader's thinking while they're leading worship could be recorded <laughs> and like play it back of like all the thoughts that are going through a worship leader's mind as a worship set's going on. You know, you're thinking about the band, you're thinking about like the lyrics on the back screen. You're then you have like these little like moments of worship where you're like really able to worship along with everybody. But you're also like thinking about leading people. I remember when I first started leading worship, I thought that I have to be leading by example, meaning like I'm leading worship, but I need to be worshiping and that that's Mm. what leading worship well would be. And Mm. then I kind of have totally changed my thought on that of like, you know, if I get moments in a worship set where I'm leading, where I can worship, then great. That's awesome. You know, because maybe we've practiced ahead of time. We're prepared. Everything's fine. I don't have to think about anything. And that's awesome. Those moments are great. But let's just say that none of that's actually happening. And I have to actually think the whole worship set about what's happening and how am I leading people well? And like, how am I really using those 30 minutes? Well, I'm like, you know what? So be it. Like, that's my job. Like, get over it. This maybe this maybe isn't my personal time to worship. I can do that like during the week on my own. This is my time to lead these people in worship. And so like, if I'm thinking about that stuff, then that's fine. I was going to ask you, like, how do you personally balance that when you're leading? Like, how do you balance leading worship and then also the whole technical, you know, excellence production element? Ableton Live, man, all the way. <laughs> that's Just the kidding. Answer, well, yeah. It's actually, I'm like partly serious, but a couple thoughts. Like, I agree, like, that's a unique burden that we have as worship leaders. And what, what are you leading anywhere? That's kind of the unique burden you have. Cause sometimes like if you're trying to lead other people to do this certain thing, that sometimes that means you're actually pulling yourself out of that to kind of help orchestrate the whole thing. Right. Like I'm learning that as I build church front, like I'm doing less and less of all of the little activities that I did to like get this thing up and running. And now, you know, I can hire other people to do that. And then I'm like, Oh, I actually kind of miss making YouTube videos, you know, once in a while or something like that. Yeah. You're editing or things like that, things that I don't do much. And I think the same thing is kind of with worship uh, leading. And yeah, like, so I, I think overall what we can do as worship leaders is, yeah, prepare yourself, make a plan, make sure your team's ready to go. During the service, there, that should be ministering to your heart as well um, it, to an extent, but you have to be ready to address anything that's coming up or just be thinking about the, the transitions. It's not really uh, wise to be just kind of completely lost in the moment. Um, it's, especially, again, I think that's kind of popular today in the current zeitgeist of worship ministry of like uh, spontaneous worship and things like that. Like, watch me feeling worship. Like, yeah, like just feeling like, Oh, like just, yeah, watch me have this unique individual encounter with God, but this is, wait, this is supposed to be like an actual corporate worship gathering. And, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. It's, it's also interesting too, because the ministries we look up to, like even Bethel music, like the reason they're so good at those moments is because they actually like, it's part of their whole, like how they prepare themselves to lead and, and the work they put in ahead of time. So putting that work in ahead of time, I find like when I come prepared, that's when I will be able to uh, really, again, I guess the best phrase to put it is be ministered to myself as the worship leader uh, during the worship service. And then, yeah, when it comes to all the other technicalities of our service, I'm at a small church plant. We have like a hundred people in our service on a Sunday and we have very small teams, both band and tech team, but we use Ableton Live to run our tracks, to automate everything. And so long as that system is set up properly, it 
runs flawlessly and during the service i don't have to stress out about all of these elements of like oh is my band is my drummer gonna remember to do that build at this certain part of the song well yeah he will because the guide keys will tell him or yeah. will the, the the pro presenter slides be up at the right timing here or this video cue or this background cue or the sliding cue like i'm not thinking about that stuff during the service because we we did all that programming ahead of time and now we just press play it's ready to go and ever since I got really competent at Ableton Live, that frees me up to actually focus more on the pastoring side of worship ministry and uh, and just really, again, enjoy enjoy it more myself and be ministered to, right. find it refreshing myself. It is pretty amazing. You can kind of put it on cruise control, autopilot in a way, that you get to like not have to think about all the dynamics and like leading the band. Just let the cues guide your band for you there's still those moments because like we you know we'll play a, a typical arrangement of a song usually the way we get it straight off of the loop community website from from your backing tracks we'll play it through once and then we have those moments in our worship service where the band does work off one another we do have that kind of more flowy spontaneous moment happening through the service but ableton still like works alongside of that really well so going back to the performance piece a little bit how can a worship leader really encourage and kind of cast this vision to their team also that like hey let's lead worship and not like make this all about us you know like this weird balance because i know that like sometimes you can get maybe someone on your team who's just maybe not on the same page at all and maybe they really do think it's like their time to do like their five minute drum solo or <laughs> just play lead the whole time you know what i mean mm -hmm. like how can a worship leader get everybody on the same page I think we have to emphasize for our team members just these biblical theological principles of, like I was talking about earlier, I, I always like to go back to the creation mandate in that, you know, of everybody, us in the church and our foundation are, are these truths that we find in scripture and, and the God who we, we serve and follow, like is, is a creative God, like we should be the most creatively innovative and excellent people on the planet. Um, I think it's just really simple and it's right there. And we have to continuously cast that vision for our team members. And sometimes it's just really just being repetitive and making sure throughout our week to week work alongside of our team members, we are, you know, maybe you could read to them verses like the Psalm, I think it's 33, three, where it's like play uh, unto the Lord skillfully. Like there's definitely some adjectives the Bible uses and how we're actually supposed to play instruments in a worship context. We're supposed to do it in a way that is excellent. So obviously there's Bible verses to support these things, but I think more importantly though, is once you start modeling this as a worship leader and really modeling that tension well between really caring about your craft and doing well at that, but at the same time trying to care about the pastoral, spiritual element of the services as well, and also caring about people's hearts and, and wanting to see lives transform. When we start caring about those two things, it's going to just overflow and our team members will kind of catch it. Like, I feel like that type of thing is really contagious, at least when it comes to the type of leaders that I've, I've worked under and been around before. Yep. That's, that's awesome, man. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us on this podcast and thanks for what you're doing and pouring into worship leaders all over the place with your videos and training so much good stuff there. If you guys have not followed Churchfront, make sure you follow them on Instagram, Facebook, churchfront.com to take free courses. It's awesome. Jake, I appreciate your heart, man. Always good talking with you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on.
Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.